This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, LS Pod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parking or Austin, sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off could be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com Somehow I don't think this game's going to get quite as messy, do you? Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside! Beautiful play! That is that! What a good shot! Oh, it's a goal! Mike Reddy's foul! Far post for Shearer, goal! McLaughlin has it, oh, deflection, and it's a goal! Goes to Mitchell! Describe this episode as let's just get it done. There was no appetite to discuss this game yesterday, not because we lost to our bitter rivals, Reading, more so as what do we really talk about in terms of this game? But hey, let's give it a go. Hello, JR. Hello, Rich. Yeah, we we can give it a go because although we've got the feeling there's nothing really to say, there. You know, there was definitely a, an appetite for it, wasn't there? Mm. <laughs> appetite for what exactly? Was it appetite to rekindle the old rivalry on the pitch or was it an opportunity for 16-year-olds to live out the uh, the tales of their granddads in the early 80s? I think definitely a bit of both. I mean, I, I left it quite late and I drove to Reading. It's not far from where I live, but a half-hour drive. Uh, the last... The last mile took about 20 minutes to get in because we chose to park uh, on site and got parking there. And then coming in, um, managed to tune into uh, BBC Berkshire. They were covering the game and you could hear the away end booming as I wound the window down. It was lovely to hear. Um, it almost felt a bit disconnected from everything else. Both teams, league forms, recent forms, money worries, whatever you would call it. Not that we're in the... Uh, in the same position, but it almost felt like we were there to rekindle 
something and all of the the hype of being it's been 21 years i mean you and i as much as i'm, I'm loathe to admit it we're we're older middle-aged men now and we we remember reading being a, a firm staple of the of the 90s and early 2000s and i'm just astonished it's, it's been so long yeah, indeed. Reading rivalry we'll talk about because there's been a lot of bickering or echo chamber based bickering on our feed with the low strangers. I mean, in terms of the rivalry, it doesn't it never really landed for me, but I'm West Wiltshire, more than appreciate people around the Berkshire area and and Swindon will will feel it a lot more because, you know, West Wiltshire, it's more towards the Bristol based teams and Oxford being the number one. Um, so I'm not going to tell fans that they shouldn't be looking forward or they shouldn't be looking forward to this game because we all have our own uh, opinions on that. But yeah, it, it was certainly, I mean, you don't, Joe, take. 1400 fans or whatever it was uh to a game if 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 a certain percentage of the fan base don't consider it a rivalry especially in this competition well absolutely not i think i think it probably helped that it was it was priced accordingly i've kind of wrinkled my nose up at some of the pricing of the uh of the efl trophy games that we've had at home they've seen maybe maybe a couple of pounds too much but it was 10 quid which is the same as I watching follow. and I follow, mm. which is also too much for this competition. Yes. But there you are. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think it's priced accordingly, and for many of us, it was a short trip. And I think for the, it was attracting the noisy and the nerdy, the noisy fans to uh, get the badge out and to hurl some abuse. That's of Reading and and Swindon like, um, and the nerdy to have a ground tick off of of somewhere that we haven't been before. Yeah, yeah, the badge was firmly out this midweek, um, considerably so. Yeah, in terms of like the, the rivalry in my time supporting Swindon, which is just you know, if I count it from first game, which is almost uh 33 years next month, almost to the day actually. And Reading in wasn't an wasn't a fixture until the mid nineties when we went down after the Premier League year where Reading were having that that climb up. And then I I I think it was just into the late nineties and the very early two thousands and that was it. And obviously the, the the real ill feeling existed before then. And then I think it was the day before my oh 19th birthday was the last time we played Reading in a competitive fixture. And here I am at 40 now. So I think it was 2002, uh, September 17th. There you go. I've, I've given too much away. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it's it's a weird one because it's so long ago, but it wasn't the right competition for it to be um, get for, for getting the badge out, shall we say. There is no right competition for that, but it just seemed a little absurd. Uh, yeah, maybe a, a little bit absurd. It was, it was, it was fun in some some senses of having the you know the dueling chance and it did make for a good atmosphere. Seeing as probably only a corner was really, uh, really full because you had the um, Swindon fans behind the goal and then predominantly Reading fans occupying the uh, adjoining corner and the 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 canvas gap to separate them. Um, I was just thinking in in context, you know, when you think about rivalries being built 
way back when in the you know in the days of Macari, Ardiles, or those sorts of things when um, Maxwell was at Oxford. I think they were thinking about joining them together, the Thames Valley Tigers, weren't they? Royals, Thames Valley Royals. Maybe, maybe Tigers yeah. just rolls off the tongue a bit easier. But yes, maybe they, they would have signed uh, up to it if they would have been the Thames Valley Tigers. Oh, who knows? Well, how history could have been different, but it gives give an indication, <laughs> doesn't it, in terms of in terms of scale that we were in, we were you know enjoying a, a relatively fruitful and exciting period when um, they're thinking about amalgamating their struggling sides. But it's it's interesting to see. I mean, the stewarding, uh, you know, not to not to be um, a snitch, but the stewarding was quite slack. Mm-hmm. Um, any complaints I'll ever have about stewarding at the county ground, I'll uh, have some serious considerations for there. They've been very permissive, almost to uh, almost to the point where you just thought, "Well, this is this is asking for and inviting trouble." And I've not seen, I've not seen anything other than a few silly skirmishes towards the end, which I could see from the back of the away stand where the police were having a a, a struggle with somebody who was decided to take on about 20 of them and, and failing but uh yes i think there was there was an appetite to cause a bit of bother and uh it seems that from what i've seen on social media as well and various forums that uh that's been that's been achieved we'd seem yeah. to have a pitch invader who looked a bit like um from just a little bit like gary Boosie. <laughs> i'm not sure what was going on there but he'd gone straight to the Reading fans, when they're through Neil up at this stage and um, giving it the big ones, it looked like there was always some sort of projectiles coming his way. I don't know if they p- planned something for a for a protest and they were just enjoying the occasion. They looked a bit like golf balls. But once Gary was led down the tunnel in front of all of their fans to get some more projectiles thrown at him, um, that was almost about it. I did enjoy, there was a good dueling chant when they were up and... Uh, Giving the giving us some stick about um, it being three nil on your big day out. Obviously, with the threat of administration apparently looming, um, there's a good, quick, witty retort of the three nil on your last day out. Which oh, is... <laughs> look at that! Yeah, I mean, I wish I wish no ill on Reading and I wish them well on their quest for survival. But that's good. Well done, Swindon. That's that's a good retort. It's good. Very quick. I liked it. Witty, and they'll be. Uh, I think they'll probably be fine. In the long long, long term, they'll be fine, won't they? I mean, looking around the place, it's absolutely huge. Somebody would take that in a heartbeat. People are going to be interested in buying EFL clubs full stop. So I'm sure once the hmm. Mr. Dai Young decides that he will, uh, he's had enough and that enough is enough, then uh, hopefully there'll be a change. There were murmurings about that on the BBC Berkshire, which I unfortunately had to... Uh, had to miss because I had to attend uh, this game. Perhaps if I'd sat in the car and <laughs> listened, I could have enjoyed some uh, some great music as well. Maybe, maybe. I mean, I missed all the build-up and atmosphere on iFollow because I was doing a Patreon uh, social gathering, which was as wonderful as it always is. But uh, we spent the... Uh, the... <laughs> at least five minutes of uh, the the pre-game uh, listing who was in Carry On Columbus. So not quite the same vibe. <laughs> okay, yeah. Julian Clary, uh, yeah, for, Mail, that yeah. kind of thing. Oh, uh, that yeah, does sound yeah. more entertaining. Yeah, okay. Lexi Sale, we, we got it. Yeah, we got it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, um, as I've seen a few... Not 
complaints, a few noises of disappointment in terms of Swindon starting eleven, and I'll defend the club to the hilt on on this point. I think there are areas where I I think it's a shame that we didn't play a better player here because of this, but I think because of the derby element of this, and not because of the like. You know the 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 uh, violent side of the of the rivalry. It's just a it's a Swindon area. You know, Reading has plenty of Swindon fans in there, so they're all going to go and tag along. And I I think there's an element of those attending who didn't or don't follow the club maybe as religiously as people who listen to this podcast and other podcasts and, and follow the club on a day to day basis because they were quite clear this was going to be a very youthful side. And I think there is this feeling like we're playing Reading. I know we don't have much depth, but it needed to be a bit stronger than what I'm going to read out now. So Lewis Ward was in goal. Uh, the The back three was Harrison Minton, Sonny Hart, and a debut for Finn Adams. Then on the wings, you had Brooklyn Genesini and Tariq Uwakwe. And then in the middle, you had Liam Kinsella and George McEachran. So a pretty solid middle uh, midfield there. Dworzak making his first ever start for Swindon. Anton Dworzak just ahead alongside Tyree Shade in a more attacking role. And a first ever start for the very young Miles Abodo. So no real surprises there. Later in the game, we would see debuts for George Olsten. We'd see debuts for Harry Gray, Fletcher Hubbard, Liam Hutt and Josh Keyes at the end too. So there was nobody, you know, when you look at Red Inside, which included a very strong back four. Uh, Clinton Moller's played in Bundesliga. Nestor Guinness-Walker has played League Two level quite often with Wimbledon. Tom Holmes experienced their captain, Andy Yardam. You know, very experienced players. They had they made ten changes themselves, but the difference, Jr., between our many changes versus theirs was considerable from six pm. Yeah, it was. I, it's a strange feeling anticipating a game that you bought a ticket to, no matter how cheap, no matter what your expectations. But you you shouldn't be going into a game with a sense of dread. Of my God, I hope that we don't use people that we would find useful tonight because it goes down to the depth thing. It's so bare. You'll like this one, Rich. This is just for you. I'm asking myself, where is my Mo Dabre? Where is Andy Curran's son? Where is my Harry Parsons? Where have all the prospects gone? Because they got the tune in. Lovely stuff. We used to like even the first season of the Morphini Rain, the Gardner era, this was a good chance to see, you know, the the fringes. And we don't we don't have a fringes to rotate in. I mean, I know that Liam Kinsella's had cameos and you know, we've been using you know, Shade or a Whackway. We've got Genesini and a Whackway both having something to prove. Um Abodo is making his second appearance in a week, so it's been a big week for him, but with that lack of depth uh, and that lack of resource of having people to bring in, it kind of always seems like we've gone gone backwards in kind of utilising these people. We had a nice a nice system in that first season, which again, you know, was quite shoestring. But we did have um, 
you know, maybe a fuller squad. And we were utilising, uh, you know, some of our younger players with loans to places like Chippenham and Hungerford. We mm. still had them in, in-house in the week and then they would do their midweek training uh, of an evening with their clubs. We could actually get people in. It's not just that we fielded, well, when we say under 80, we're talking about, if we had an under seventeen team, most of these would be. Do we have seven players under seventeen? Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So it's getting shades of, um, you know, when we were down to the bare bones and we had trialists and youth players against Hungerford again in the friendly when we were turned the lights off, and that's. I'm just wondering what the benefit is really, because there's no point really moaning. It's fantastic for these guys to get a debut, but. Come away feeling like what was not just to the EFL trophy in, in general, like what was the point to it all? Because it didn't feel like okay, you've made your selection of who's going to play, it didn't really feel like that had been worked on particularly. They played like strangers and just think, well, okay, I perfectly understand that with support, you know, Flynn not taking half the first team or just taking handful that need the minutes or maybe need a platform to prove themselves but where was the preparation for this game it just felt like they were just kind of thrown together and expected to make it work and that was obviously never going to happen yeah it goes both ways really I think because Swindon have you know understandably done a bit of back slapping towards the amount of youth players that are featured this season and in this Reading game specifically. I think it's eight players this season from the under-18s have played the six last night. And then Miles Adobo and Jackson Brown made their debuts, of course, um, for Arsenal under-21s game. And that's brilliant. It's brilliant that under-18s are getting this sort of uh, exposure into senior football but there's got to be a point to it. You can't just go, oh, we've we've they've they've graduated. That's it now. It's a success. It's a statistic. But out of those, a, a Bodo's played in the seniors, and that is you know is in a league game, and that's it. And it's very likely that it'll it'll stay that way for the for the remainder. You know, so it it, it is it is tricky um, because. This tournament is great to to blood in young players, but they've got to have people around them. And I think that was my only major grievance yesterday in terms of the lineup. And I know like we'll complain if they start, we'll complain if they don't. And the back three, I think, needed some more experience. So those players can learn. Harrison Minton is doing brilliant to be that backing defender in the firsts, but he's still learning, he's still developing. Finn Adams is that was his first ever game. You know, he you need that support. And and Sonny Hart is 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 looks good, but he's not the finished article. And when you're going against a side, even Reading's youth players come from a standard of of youth football, which is miles ahead of us. I know they're not the top grade anymore, but these players would have been a part of that. It, it just stood out so much. And then I'm going to say, well, George McEachern should be nowhere near that starting lineup. So it's one big contradiction. Yeah, I think that he had to be there to make the make the fixture viable. I mean, I know that we were chatting in the in the infamous Low Strangers chat about that they should just take the final and just field 
youngsters all the way throughout. Oh, I will crowdfund that for Exeter. We should just <laughs> crowdfund that fine for Exeter because it's it's we're out. It's a pointless fixture. Let's not risk anyone. let's give that to the under 18s give it to the under 18s manager and just say there you go (laughs) enjoy yourselves and and go from there because the under 18s are doing really well this season but it's a pointless fixture i would crowdfund the hell out of that i agree it was it was an anniversary i think it was oh let's do some quick maths here uh it must have been god 25 years ago um just the other day of that that Scotland Estonia game. Remember that one where they didn't show up and they just kicked off and and won <laughs> in the qualifiers. I want to see something like that for Exeter, where just get Exeter to come all the way up here, kick off, have a three 0 win, and uh, I don't think either of us are going to go through. So that'll do. Indeed, indeed. I'm just trying to clock up with the Morfuni era. Something like eighteen under eighteen players have have featured in the EFL trophy and I'm just skimming through Minton, Dwarzak, Kanu and Abodo are the only ones that have actually played in the league. So hopefully, hopefully some of these players um get those opportunities at some point. Uh, but we'll see. It's gotta be it's gotta be worth everyone's while. It's I, I do I do completely acknowledge the contradiction of it all. You you're not happy if we play under 18s, you're not happy if you if we field senior players. Traditionally this nonsense and nuisance of a competition has a better balance. And last night it was probably leaning a bit too heavy towards the under 18s. Yeah, but then I guess that that speaks to the to the wider issue of where there just there just isn't people to to bring in. If we think even way back to two seasons ago, we had you had people like your your Bordries, your Anthony Grants, even Jordan Line coming back into things. You had people who had experience. Zakuani, City Sunoko, come on. This was even the competition last year where we were blooding in a uh, a, a very. Uh, the comeback of Rushan Hepburn Murphy as well, and there's there's nobody there's nobody of that kind of profile that that could do with a you know minutes in the legs that we're serious about incorporating. It's it's difficult because you know going off the back of your last pod with Dan and uh, you know recapping Bradford game doesn't quite compute with with Flynn's ease about the. Uh, about the squad depth and how everything can can wait, does it? Mm. Yeah, the, the the transfer market evolution of Michael Flynn took another step last night, and we, we just have to move on from it. it. It seems, but we'll still talk about it as long as Andrew Hawes and Joe Acklam are asking the questions because um, there's still discussion points. I think we've gone from and and correct me if I'm wrong here. Um, at the start of the well, at the end of the summer, I need a couple more. And they are close to, I need a couple more, to a couple more would be nice, to we are trying, to I'm in no rush, to nothing out there, to probably won't be signing anyone till January until I'm saving my budget until January. Quite the evolution. Yeah, exactly. And we've had the, we've we've kind of invented the, the counter narrative um, between ourselves, maybe as a fan base, because, because there's been, high-profile takeovers here and there. We know that people like Gilliam and Stockport and Wrexham have got money and, you know, they can always compete. They can get players. I haven't seen them compete particularly 
in that transfer market. So it's hard to really look to that as being saying we could never compete with these people. We've not had any anyone in the in the pocket. The big the big moves that um, you know we've had in the window that Ryan Edwards rumor was percolating around a lot, and it seemed to be a choice between the EFL, which I assume was was with us here, or going abroad, and that seemed to go right to the the end. We're just we're just filling in the gaps between you know conjecture and what Flynn is saying, where he thought that something was in there. Does it seem churlish to say at this stage? I'm thinking, dare I even bring their names up? But people like Ricky Aguilar, or even Tommy Adeloy. That, why are we loading out these? Well, I get what I get what you mean, but we talk about EFL trophy and depth and opportunities to people, and you know, having only three strikers. Mm. If we were making moves to move people on, and we did actually manage to to free up spaces, um, we didn't actually fill those, did we? So I am wondering what the what the logic or the end game is in there that that we're we're okay with that and i'm i'm concerned that you know two of that that core 11 and there's there's discussion as to how many we actually have of about i don't know 14 to 16 how many of those are actually trusted that if two of those that aren't ours get recalled or if other people are interested they get recalled and quickly moved on that we'll just lean on those can't compete uh statements when we imagine that we've probably got a decent fee for Wakeling. Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, Ryan Edwards is currently sitting bottom of the Indian Super League at the moment after three games. Three games, three losses, eight goals conceded. See you in January, Ryan Edwards. <laughs> we'll see you there. Hopefully the geography will work out a bit better for it. <laughs> Hi, Ellis Pod fans. It's JR here. Enthusiastic contributor and former Swindon McDonald's employee. Farewell, Outlook Village. One time I got to serve the then Swindon manager, Roy Evans. Yes, I know what you're wondering. Big Mac with medium fries. And admittedly, why Roy may have regretted some choices at SM1, well, you can't go wrong with the classics. And you can't go wrong with McDelivery, where instead of you getting in a time machine and coming to me, your favourites can come to you. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi Rich, just a reminder to let you know I'm on Points West again tonight, so make sure you tune in. Oh no, here I am holidaying in Europe and I'm going to miss Dan's latest appearance talking about another deep side town performance on the television. Unless, haha, of course, I can use my NordVPN subscription. NordVPN allows you to watch sporting events, TV shows and films which aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location with one click to a country which is showing the content. So I'll never miss another Points West with Dan ever again. Huzzah! NordVPN acts as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive information like card details and passwords from falling into the wrong hands. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee per month, and one NordVPN account can be used across six devices. So to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash loafstrangers. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the podcast along the way. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Lovely stuff. It goes Hornock! And it's squeezed over the line. Kevin Hornock! 
Well, there was a game on. It's it's hard to really discuss it because it, it was, as the cliche and many observations go, it was it was slightly older men versus boys, wasn't it? It it, it wasn't. The, the the score line is quitty is pretty damning and unfair because two of those goals came in an, in an extraordinary uh, eight minutes of injury time. No idea where they got that from. And they could have scored a couple more in that injury time too, when it all, when it all collapsed. Goal number one, nice build up play by Reading to be fair before the cross goes in, goes in in a dangerous area, possibly going wide, but there's, there's no communication between Lewis Ward and Finn Adams and Adams instinctively stops the ball. I do wonder if that shout would have, would have, stop this from happening but that block goes straight to Harvey Nibs who sticks it past Ward it was a tough debut for Finn Adams and this is where I kind of wish there was a a more senior pro in the middle there helping them out because everything I hear about Finn Adams is good and I hope he starts against Exeter gets that second try because he deserves it and uh it was one nil and what more can we say about that not not much more not I mean it was it was all reading from the off. They had they had the the control, um, the kind of outwitting and outmaneuvering everything. It it does seem it does seem unfair to kind of dig out really because no interest in digging out on on under eighteen players in this game. They just it doesn't serve any purpose, and it it was no. it, it was tough. It was tough. So you know, Finn Adams was substituted at half time, which again. I felt it was quite harsh, but it's 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 a nothing game. So I hope you know he he builds any confidence that he might have suffered, any dips in confidence he might have suffered in that after that first half for the under 18s and again for Exeter in a month's time. Yeah, of course. I mean, you're going to see people either. I mean, one of the I don't know if you'd call it necessarily a joy, but one of the things about seeing the EFL trophy games and seeing the under 18s that you uh, do bring in is you getting to see them develop unfortunately with, without that influence of you know more senior figures to support it's kind of a, a sink or swim so I'd say like in the early phases you can see someone like Sonny Hart same as in the Arsenal game quite early on he was being pushed out pushed off the ball quite easily um, same as you know Mars Adobo is finding himself easily marked cut out but as the game goes on, you can see them wise up a bit more to the patterns of play and grow into the game a little. It's 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 subtle things. It's not necessarily anything that will knock your socks off, but <laughs> it's it's difficult when you're kind of just left to sink or swim. I guess. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Uh, the second goal not pretty by Town six. Outfield players in the box, but none of them are marking Harvey Nibs, who who scored with a header. Not great there. Halftime, 2-0, no complaints. Shortly after um, the restart, it's a poor touch by the Reading attacker, but that poor touch forces Genesini into a tackle, which is slack. Uh, it's a penalty, and Nibs suddenly gets a hat-trick. <laughs> it wasn't like a dominating performance by Harvey Nibs. I bet he can't believe his luck but three nil and then then the sort of the game plays out in a in a very slow done way the, the real positive from this game from what I saw um 
was that when we did get the ball, we did play the ball along the ball quite uh, along the ground really quite nicely at times. Yeah, so so that's that's a positive to take out of it. However, I I feel like we'd we'd spoke a little before about when we had the opportunity, and I feel deeply, as I'm sure you probably do, uh, that we were allowed that opportunity, and it was you know if they wanted to to turn it up at any point and go go back to what what we'd seen uh, before that penalty, a ludicrous tackle, by the way. I don't know why Genesini lunged in quite like that. I thought that. Uh, the header um, was quite neat, actually. I'll, I'll I'll go on record as saying that. I'll get get uh, pelters or whatever, but sure, yes, lovely little uh, little nod in. I, you would usually rely on someone like Ward to cover it. He wasn't as uh, uh, it wasn't as as reliable as some. Well, it was hope it, as usual. It was very much don't really see much of him until he's picking the ball out of the net sort of performance because. He he probably drifted towards man of the match because of injury time alone. Where yeah, they scored two goals, but but he he stopped it from being six nil definitely definitely, and it could have been worse. Yes. But but yeah, it it was it was a tough tough night, and, and it sort of played out, and it was it was very dull. Um, Reading fans, Reading players having a nice old time. Swindon just trying to keep the the score down and succeeding really, and then. The board for eight minutes goes up, and it was kind of like those games you play in the park as a kid, where like somebody turns up and they get bored because they know the game's just about to end, so they pick the ball up and start running. Instead, Swindon just sort of just went, well, they deflated, didn't they? And um, goal four came from a free kick from Vickers. I, I, did Ward push it onto the post? I'm not sure if it is. It's a great save, but unfortunately, goes straight to Paul and Mukaru who was on hand to to score the rebound. And then the fifth goal, well, slack again from Swindon, uh, across far post, nobody's marking, Harley Dean, who heads it home. A lot of headers in this, not a great day. Um, and it finished 5-0 to Swindon. Where was that eight minutes from? What did I miss? I don't know. That, that was that was extraordinary, and it, it was yeah a long, long eight minute. Be in no doubt. If anyone is listening and they, if they're a Berkshire Red, and if they have any, you know, Reading fans giving it the giving it the big one today, I would say at least two thirds of the Reading fan base did not see those two goals because it was a huge exodus in injury time, and it was <laughs> really down to the 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 scraps. Those who are interested in getting an early train or yeah, trying to start a bit of afters on the dual carriageway, all cleared out way before the uh, 90. And it was, yeah, I guess either the home fans had seen enough and thought they'd beat the traffic, but um, yes, it was a, a very fringe collective, along with the iFollow watchers who saw those those last two scrappy goals go in. Who, who, we, who are you giving man of the match to? Because we only do man of the match for this one. Um, so, I mean, Kinsella got a lot of praise uh, for for his role in the middle. Uh, Lewis Ward got a little bit of praise, I think mostly for the latter stages of the game, to be fair. Um, who who do you think was <laughs> our man of the match for this? I'd probably lean maybe towards uh, towards Kinsella for getting to show us a bit of a bit more of you know what he's he's used to. I think I appreciated towards the end you know, you could see uh, growth in 
a Bodo. Mm. Um, a Wackway woke up a bit more in the. He's certainly not mentioning him for a nomination for Man of the Match because I'm not sure him or Genesini made a particularly strong case. Um, Shade was quite busy, but yeah, I think probably him yeah, probably Kinsella yeah. would be the one. And I think that's a fair point as well. If we are going to sort of be a little bit negative, it and again it works both ways. Like you put Tyree Shade, Tariq Uwakwe in there. George McEachran, without doubt, is told just to relax. You know, going fifty percent. There's no way post game. Uh, Michael Flynn says that he didn't want McEachran playing, but we had to meet the criteria. Um, it was it was a decent opportunity for those two and Brooklyn Genesini. But again, you need a couple more components in there for them to be able to do their job too. Yeah, I think that exactly. It's Although, you know, they've not made much of a case themselves. You've got to ask if they've actually had the platform to to do so. If, if you know, in those early stages, if Reading are cancelling out every kind of attack you're trying to build together, they've not really got that opportunity. I thought it might be a time to tinker around because we're told that, you know, this person could be a number ten and this person can fill in here. That's that's part of the reason why we're not in a rush to make signings. But um other than Shade going up top, it was pretty much as we would have expected, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Um I'm gonna use No More Heroes on the Town End Forum for his fantastic summary of Flynn's comments. I did listen to it but I didn't write it up. So um Flynn highlighted the fact that we finished the game with seventeen with seven players under the age of 17 years old. Miles Abodo uh, didn't stop running. Uh, he's not trying to sugarcoat a 5 0 loss. I don't think it matters, Mr. Flynn. Um, it's important to look at the players coming through. He cited Reading having their international break and being able to have the luxury of playing stronger players. And I liked how he said it as if, like, there's simply no way we could have fielded a stronger team, which we actually, we absolutely could have. But just again, depth. Harry Gray looked promising. Uh, Kinsella did well. Others should have done better. It's a big learning curve. Uh, a few of them had so timing on the goals, second and third goals were poor, poor, and a few of them could have been cut out. Ward made a good save, but they're the first to react. Support was excellent, not dis- disrespecting the cup, hmm, but the squad size means we can't afford injuries. Chose not to jeopardize key players for the league. Um, Young and Clayton. Clayton is available for Saturday, so surely half hour against Reading might have been might have been good. Who knows? Uh, hasn't decided yet whether Jake Young comes back into the side for Newport. Ben Ward is back with Burnley. There's no tear, which is good news, but now he's got to go back to Burnley. I don't know about that, JR. And again, reiterating, free agents, nothing at the minute. They've got two on trial. They've done quite well, but they've got to be the right decisions. They may have to wait till January, as the rhetoric is at the moment. So anything there that, that tickles your fancy to discuss before we close? Uh, I was kind of yeah, surprised not to see any cameo at all from Clayton or Young. I thought that this would be ideal opportunity even just to get 10 minutes or so but maybe that's an indication he doesn't feel that they're quite ready or what's going on there I don't know if alone is going back to the parent club even for checkups that usually tells me that they're maybe not coming back but we'll have to see on on that mm. on that note it does it does I don't know if I'm maybe uh jumping to conclusions here it does seem a little bit um 
uh, almost like embracing the f small fry status, talking about international breaks in this uh, breathy, sighing way when um, two seasons ago we had two players qualify for a World Cup. Last season we had one go to a World Cup. This season we've got one looking at uh, African Cup of Nations qualification. It's not this kind of the dreaming spires of running a League One professional football club and yet it's kind of being being played as to say pity poor us that you know we how could we be expected to have players that we could use in this competition it, it does seem a bit more um i suppose from you know from his employer's standpoint it's it's being a good employee and not throwing your bosses under the bus but from a fan base perspective i guess i'm not expecting him to you know hold court and say i've not been given the budget to do x y and z but i don't know why he's at such pains to uh to stress that all is well in the garden. Yeah, well, it might be, but we just don't believe it, do we? So, I mean, one day we'll we'll uh, cheerfully re retract that and we'll see the January business be spectacular and, and away we go. We just got to make sure that there's no damage between now and January to, to put us behind the pack. And on Tom Clayton, if he's available on Saturday and it's, you know, it's, it's Wednesday uh, at time of recording, then, then surely a couple of minutes would have would have been good for Clayton. He, he hasn't played since mid July, so if he there's no, I mean he's absolutely surely not going to play a single minute against Newport unless we're doing very well and he's he just comes on for the last five just to see it out, or indeed if we're trying to protect the lead, trying to see it out in the last few minutes, but. That's a big gap between between competitive, well, not even competitive, between half decent football, isn't it? Well, exactly. If it, if he'd had 10, 15 minutes out yesterday even, Reading were comfortable. They were not going to lay a foot on him. So the risk was quite minimal. And yeah. I think we could have all, all foreseen that it was going to be likely that we they would be comfortable that deep with the squad that we would taking there so if not if not then 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 when i guess is the the question well i'm sure we'll discuss that in the next presser with mr acklam until then jr thank you very much thanks rich bye-bye the low strangers is an independent supporters podcast the views given do not reflect those of Swindertown Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast logo was created by the most splendid Matt in Singapore. Thanks for listening. Come on you Reds! Come on Swindon! Hi Ellis Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant like Darren Ward, or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. Muck delivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. 
Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.